Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to a bonus episode of Dinner with the Side of Sci-Fi. I'm Jason. And I'm Deva. Today we will be making cinnamon baked apples as we discuss The Stand Part 2. So it's kind of apple season here in Maryland, the talent of apple season. So we have a bunch of apples. So we're going to just make a simple dessert. Jason's going to have to peel all these apples while I tell you the summary. Then we're just going to bake them with some cinnamon and sugar and a little lemon juice. And it's going to make a delicious dessert. So let me get my uh, summary here. Where's your apple peeler? Oh, there's your apple peeler. Oh, good. It turned off. <laughs> Technology. All right. So we did talk about book one already. So basically, you know, everyone died of the Captain Trips plague except for our heroes. Uh, and they all kind of were gathering and heading their way west. I'm just going to put these under water so they don't brown. All right. So where we started off. So now we meet Nick. Uh, we meet our friend Nick meeting the charming Tom Cullen, who is a mentally handicapped man living alone in the streets of Oklahoma. Um, and they become friends and they partner up together. Um, and they eventually start heading west towards Nebraska, where Mother Abigail is. Uh, Larry Underwood, the uh, rock star singer guy, uh, he feels like he's being followed and eventually meets Joe, a boy, and his caretaker, Nadine. Joe is kind of a semi-feral kid and immediately attacks Larry when he meets him with a knife. Uh, but Larry is able to fend him off and he's fine. Uh, Nadine has been possessed basically, by Flag, Randall Flag, or something like him, since she was a girl. So she's, uh, you know, kind of a suspicious character. She's pretty sketchy, but at this point, she seems like a nice lady who is taking care of this little boy. Um, they team up and start heading west towards Nebraska as well. And then Stu and Franny, they eventually confess their love to each other and consummate it to the dismay and homicidal rage of Harold. Fran and Harold are also both writing diaries at this point, kind of talking ill of each other or of every, just talking a lot of ill. They're, it's not very pleasant what they're writing in their diaries. So Harold finds her diary and he gets even crazier and more aggressive and kind of just crazier. Um, they also meet up with another group in a violent showdown. Uh, with some end-of-the-world crazy people who are taking advantage of it, so they kind of add on to their group. And there's a really disturbing scene where one of the new persons dies by an appendicitis, and they try to operate on him, and, and he ends up dying, which just goes to show you modern medicine is amazing. Um, and they also head west. We also meet Mother Abigail, who knows that people are coming to see her, uh, so she walks from her little farm in Nebraska to her neighbor's farm miles down the street, which is impressive because she's 108 years old. And she picks up some of the chickens that they have there, uh, kills them, and brings them home to make for dinner. And it's a pretty kind of trying walk for her. She's encounters some what they, coyotes or wolves or something. Uh, so she makes dinner with the chickens. And many of the people we know arrive, and they get a nice meal, of fried chicken and pie, and some other things. And then she announces they need to go to Boulder, Colorado, so, they, they, so that they can make a stand against the evil gathering in Las Vegas. 
They all go to Boulder and do a bunch of boring stuff like town hall meetings and elections and getting the power back on. Uh, they do send Dana, Tom Cullen, and the judge, three characters, to go to Vegas to spy on what Randall Flagg is doing. Uh, Mother Abigail has a vision and goes missing to everyone's dismay. And then meanwhile, Nadine has offered Harold herself. Uh, they can do anything with each other except for sex because that is saved for Randall Flagg. Harold is like, yas. And then they plot to destroy the Boulder townsfolk by blowing up everyone at an event. So they do detonate a bomb, but it only kills a few people, including Nick, uh, the, the deaf mute man who is really kind of a wonderful person. So that was very sad. Uh, and then they find Mother Abigail. She comes back. Um, and meanwhile, Harold and Nadine, peace out, head to Vegas on some sweet motorcycles. Uh, Mother Abigail tells Sue, Larry, Ralph, and Glenn that now they need to go to Vegas to make a stand against evil. So that's book two. Um, maybe you guess it's my least favorite book in the, or it's my least favorite, yeah, I guess my least favorite book in the book. I just, I don't like all the stuff in Boulder with all the politics and the committees and the, like, we're going to turn the lights back on and... I agree. I just don't... It just is boring to me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and I kind of like Nick, and there's less of him in part two. Yeah, I really like Nick, and, you know, he he does die at the end of part two, he, in the explosion. But even, like, during, he's sort of just barely there. Like, uh-huh. he's you get the impression that he's sort of Mother Abigail's, like, right-hand man. But, like, everyone else is doing stuff around him. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know, maybe it's because of the miniseries, and maybe it's because I just, I just don't love Stu. <laughs> and Stu, I feel like, takes such a large lead. Yeah, Stu's pretty, like, up front and center, because he's kind of like the lead of the committee, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Reluctantly, the lead of the committee, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I, I, you know, I'm gonna do it. That feels like me at work. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, just all that is kind of, it's just, just a little tedious. Uh, but I do think it's interesting, like the, the relationship that develops between Harold and Nadine, you know, Nadine is like having visions of Randall Flagg. She's obviously since she was little, since she was little. I mean, it's really awful. You know, poor woman has been kind of brainwashed or her whole life or groomed. I don't really know what the right term is, but very unpleasant. And she, he essentially kind of convinces her to manipulate Harold to help her. I don't know. Like, I don't really understand why, why they needed Harold. I think they just want, I think Harold was just a tool to hurt the people of Boulder. Like she could have just as easily wandered off on her own. Yeah. But then once... They needed him to kind of get the bombs and all that. And, well, because I feel like Harold was... He was he was kind of flip-flopping, you know? He he was very angry about Franny. He was very, like... But he was very respected in the community. Like, people yeah, liked Harold. Yeah, he respected. People liked him. And he, you know, he kind of almost flipped. Like, he almost became... You know, he almost came back and became, like, a good person. Or at least would redeem himself but he like he just like once 
think once Nadine was like, well, you, we can like fool around and do whatever you want. Like it was just only one much. little thing. Yeah. One little thing we can't do. Yeah. I think that just set him off and just, it was, it's just like, I just feel Harold was just, it was just really sad and I don't want to spoil what happens in book three. So I won't get into much of that, but it just, I don't know. I just felt bad for him. I mean, obviously he's a, he's a terrible, you know, he set up a bomb, he killed people, you know, you can't come back from that, but I feel like there was a point that he hadn't reached yet at that point. I feel like he hadn't, he hadn't reached that, he wasn't too far gone until he blew people up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He, he hadn't hurt anyone. He was like, you know, like you can still, you can still come back from that and be good, you know, just like Darth Vader did. You know, his last minute, but I don't think Darth Vader's was really came back just because he saved Luke. You know, personally. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if he came back, but he kind of he he, he acknowledged he, that he was wrong. That he was wrong. Which you know, does that make it okay that he killed like billions of people or however many people he killed? Probably billions. No, it doesn't. But it, you know, at least the acknowledgement is that something. I don't know. This goes back to my comment earlier tonight off recording about Jeffrey Dahmer being in heaven <laughs> because he repented and accepted Jesus as a savior. Well, yeah, I'm not saying uh, that, you know, he shouldn't be punished, but it's always, I always appreciate a person who can change uh, and grow, even if, I mean, if you're, if you're a murderer, like, like, how do you make up for that? You can't make up for that. What was the name of his love interest? Darth Vader? No, um, Harold. Oh. <laughs> Fran? Fran, yeah. So yeah. Franny, like, I I think what was sad is if the two of them just talked, like, the situation probably would have been better. Like, he read her diary, and then he decided that he was going to be revengeful, and he immediately started becoming deceptive at that point. Yeah. Instead of just confronting her. And she was, like, very, like, she was pretty nasty to him in her diary. Which, you know, I don't blame her. It's your diary. And, like, he's he was just, like, an annoying kid who just wouldn't leave her alone. And was like, you can't have a boyfriend. You know, like, I that's, like, very annoying. Because there is a pretty significant age difference, isn't there? Yeah, she's, he's, like, 16 and she's 22. Which isn't, like, a huge age difference. But at that age, that is a big difference. You know, someone in high school... And then someone who's, I guess, in college or graduated college. That's a big difference. Yeah. You know, especially at that age. Boys are pretty immature at 16. Yeah, and she's pregnant, you know, like, it's just a lot. And he's kind of sexy by the end. He talks. They talk about how he's lost weight. Yeah, his pimples went away. He's like, oh, I like, don't need paydays anymore. Like, girls will be interested in him. Yeah, no, he could have, you know, and that's the thing. For, like, teenage boys that are... For anyone, if you're awkward and, like, lame, like, you know, you can change and become a... I don't know. You can stop being paydays and be, like, a cute guy. I don't know. Okay, so the apples have been peeled. So now we have to chop them up. Chop them up. Okay, cool. I think we actually have an apple... Oh, an apple slicer? Let me look in this drawer of magic... The kitchen gadget drawer. I know Giggy likes to use that. I don't usually use it because I like cut myself on it once. Is that the weird wire thing? Yeah, it's like the 
with the hole and like the like the spokes. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, I've never used one of these. That'd be exciting. Do we have somewhere I can put everything? Yeah. So let me get another cutting board out. So. I'll just go directly back in the water. I'll just pull a couple out. Okay. So this goes. You just go the... over the core and just push down. Oh, yeah, there you neat. go. That is so neat. Yeah. You have a perfect little core. send so the committee decides that they need to send some people to Las Vegas to spy on what's going on over there. You can put them right in here, Jason. Okay. And if you want to come over here, see so you can just do that. You do that. So they send uh, Dana, who's one of the women they met. Stu and Franny met the road they met him at a roadblock. So there was basically they were you know on the road, came up to this truck that was like blocking the whole road so like oh we gotta get around this yeah the people that had their little their little harem of female slaves yeah and it turns out it was a trick it was like three dudes and like six women and they're you know they're basically you know raping them and just torturing them and drugging them up a lot them up. it was just very terrible you know unpleasant business and they do they are able to kind of kill these women we can just rinse that off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very terrible, but they, they did some heroic moves by some of the women, and they are able to get kill these guys, and those women come with them. And so one of the women goes to Las Vegas to spy. Also, the judge is some other person that they picked up along the way. I liked the judge. I was kind of bummed that he went. I don't remember where they picked him up. But he was nice. Yeah, he smart. was nice. Yeah. And then Tom Col- Tom Cullen. They sent Tom Cullen, who is handicapped, mentally handicapped. Um, but they're like this, like they wouldn't suspect that they would send someone like that. Yeah, the backstory they told him to tell them was that um, that they they didn't want him to come, stay because he could pollute their gene pool. And I really like Tom Cullen. I think he's probably one of my favorite characters because he's just so he's just so like friendly and genuine and like helpful and. He's like, sure, yeah, I'll go to, I'll go, you know, I'll do it. I mean, he was a little scared. He didn't want to leave Nick. They did, hip- they did hypnotize him first. <laughs> oh, they did? Like, they didn't ask him if he'd be willing to go. They hypnotized him, and then. Mm. All right, well, but I also like how Stephen King kind of has characters like that. You know, he has mentally handicapped characters. He has disabled characters. Like I'm reading the uh, Dark Tower, the Dark Tower series right now, and there's a there's a woman in a wheelchair is one of the main characters. It's like she's missing the bottom of her legs. So I just I like how he is includes those people, and like he was doing that in the 70s, like way before it was something that people talked about being inclusive. So I really appreciate that. Do you think that hypnotized Tom well, had the shine? Just like little Joe did. Because he seemed to be like tapped in to like hidden knowledge. 
Maybe. I, I didn't really think of that. I didn't really think of that. I'd have to think on that. Because I definitely think Joe had yeah. the shine. Yeah, Joe definitely did. And he, he actually told, like, he, like, really warmed up to Mother Abigail really fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, told her her name, his name, which is Leo. All right, so now, basically, we just uh, are going to toss some lemon juice, cinnamon, and brown sugar in there. So let me get that out. All right, so we're going to improvise. We're going to do sugar with a little bit of honey. We could probably just, we could just do honey. Well, I think if we do just honey, it won't caramelize. So let's do a mix. Okay. So I'm going to do... Let's see, a third cup, it says a third cup total. Maybe whisk it together with the lemon juice just so it's all like delicious. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Here's a cup. So how, how much do you think a juice of one lemon is? Like a... Oh, like not very much. Okay. How much does it call for brown sugar? A third cup. So, okay, so we could probably add the lemon juice, maybe a quarter cup of sugar and the rest honey. Okay. And then maybe do like a whole cup, fill it up to a cup. So what did you say, lemon, a quarter cup? I'm thinking, is there like... Well, I mean, we could probably just eyeball it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We don't really, it's... Let's do it to the bottom line. It's probably good. Okay. Honey. Oh, oh no, we should do maple syrup. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good. Maple syrup. Plus, I have a lot of maple syrup, so. Two teaspoons of cinnamon. I think it's good. I think I use this. Oh, I use that for salt. That's fine. A little salt in there. So, Mother Abigail, like, she wakes up, right? Has that part two? Yeah, they, she, like, Goes missing because she has like a vision. Then she comes back and she tells them that like they shouldn't be doing all the stuff you thought was boring and vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> they should just be going and making a stand against against flag. Yeah, and she's like, right now you have to go right now. And you have to go on foot. You can't bring any supplies. You gotta go. So of course, uh, Brandy is not happy about this because she's like pretty pregnant at this point. And, you know, Stu's her her man. You know, basically a death sentence, like, yeah. West. I'm just whisking it all together. We could probably actually fill it up to all the way up to three quarter cup. Some of them said add water. We could add a little water. Oh, we can do that. Oh, Jesus, I'm getting sugar it everywhere. Good. It tastes like Christmas. Really? I guess, I don't know if it's the maple syrup, syrup and the cinnamon. And the lemon? Might be, maybe, when we're, maybe we could use, taste a little, maybe we could add a little squirt of lemon. You know what we should do? Hmm. We should put a little arrowroot powder in here to thicken it up. No guar gum? Actually, I think we do have guar gum, but that would be harder for me to find right now. <laughs> Start. 
gluten-free, grain-free, tapioca flour. Do you want like a spatula? Yeah. A spatula would probably be great. Or a big spoon. Because then I can just toss and flip. Well, I'm excited to talk about book three because I, I feel like that's a lot more exciting. A lot of stuff. I mean, it, book two was great. It sets up. It's, it's setting things up. So I'm grateful for that. But definitely. Yeah, I really enjoyed people dying more than them making civilization in Belmer. I agree. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. So basically, we just pop that in the oven for a half hour. And I'll stir it kind of frequently. Sounds good. And I actually got some Cool Whip, too. Ooh. I was trying to buy ice cream, but I just got overwhelmed with choice. But we can have some Cool Whip. Yeah, so I got Cool Whip. Okay, so we will share pictures of our delicious baked apples. And we will, um, we will talk about book three in the second week of December. See you later, everybody.